Hi there, I'm Josh Benner, and welcome to the first episode of the Three Theology Questions podcast. So excited for this project. The purpose of this podcast is to deal with biblical, theological, cultural, and current event topics from a Christian worldview and perspective. So excited for some of the guests that we already have lined up over the next few weeks. And today we begin with Leslie Fear, who's a podcaster, a filmmaker. His most recent film is a documentary that he did on the subject of worship called Spirit and Truth. Fantastic. He co-hosted the Reformed Pubcast for several years, which also inspired the Facebook group, The Reformed Pub, that has over 20,000 members. And Les has a new podcast called Gospel Riot, which interacts with topics related to the culture, apologetics, and evangelism. And I've really enjoyed his new podcast so far. And so I'm so excited to have Les with me today. And what we'll be talking about is issues currently in the Christian culture and basically the state of American Christianity today. The culture has become more secular, biblical literacy is on the decline, and at times it seems like aspects of the society are becoming more hostile to Christianity and to the gospel. And for me, these are things that are concerning and they are for less as well. So thanks so much for checking out our interview. Les, it is so great to have you with me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Uh, so one of the first things I wanted to ask you this morning is, this has been a crazy year. We were talking about that a moment ago with COVID. Um, many parts of the country, we've had churches that have either had restrictions, and even churches who haven't, across the border, largely having decreased numbers that they're seeing. And so I'd like to be curious, just your opinion, as somebody who I think pays attention to society and the Christian culture, that in your opinion, in the next year to five years to 10 years, um, do you find yourself feeling more optimistic or pessimistic about the overall health of churches in America? Uh, well, <laughs> I think, I think uh, both, uh, just depending on what perspective you're, you're looking at it from. Um, I think uh, the ease at which we kind of uh, uh, obeyed the request, the polite request to stop worshiping God, uh, I think um, it says a lot about the health of the church already. And uh, I think the more, uh, I, I don't think the political stress that's that's uh, being put on the church is, is going to get uh, l lighter uh, in the years to come. You know, I could be wrong. I'm not not a prophet or anything like that, but uh, I, I'm I'm of the position that uh, you know something's happening and it's not uh, it's not good at least as far as our external circumstances go. <clears throat> um, but the funny thing about the Christian religion is that uh, outward prosperity doesn't define uh, the health of Christians. It doesn't define the health of the church. So I think that uh, suffering and persecution uh, almost universally does good things for the church, the actual health of the actual church. So the church is going to look very different, I think. Uh, and from a certain perspective, it's going to look like we're in trouble. But um, I think we've actually been in trouble 
for a long time. And uh, the Lord uses suffering, persecution to prune, to sanctify. And uh, so that's kind of the place that I'm at is I think that we, the sooner we start embracing uh, the idea of suffering, the idea of uh, difficult times ahead, the idea of persecution, which doesn't sound fun. And I had to go through, you know, a full fledged uh, uh, spiritual uh, mental breakdown uh, of watching things happen to be honest enough with myself to say like, Oh, all this freedom and uh, comfort that I've enjoyed for such a long time. Um, I actually have to learn some of those other verses in the Bible that I've taken for granted and not maybe not really even believed they would ever happen to me. Uh, it seems like uh, they very well soon could be happening to us. Thank you. appreciate that perspective. Uh, on a similar note to that first question, American society in general is becoming less religious, more secular. Biblical literacy is on the line. Um, what do you think are, with the situation that we're in, what do you think are some of the ways how churches can respond in an increasingly secular and I think we would agree increasingly hostile society to the gospel? Well, um, the our culture at large in the West and in, in America in particular, it's the only culture I can really speak to, uh, I think has become very comfortable and uh, we've, we, you know, we were known as a Christian nation for such a long time. And I think, you know, people react to that and say, you know, we weren't a Christian nation. I think in, in many ways you could say that we were a Christian nation. We embraced um, Judeo-Christian values and we were, we had a certain morality that agreed with, with the Bible in many ways. <clears throat> That's not to say that we're a regenerate nation or anything like that, but, uh, but we agreed with, with God in a lot of things. And we've cast all that aside. Um, and there's, there's an opportunity there where people are no longer taking the gospel for granted, which has all its own set of problems. And now they're being more honest with themselves that no, they actually hate God and they want nothing to do with this God. So that puts the church in a place where we can actually evangelize. Um, but we're in an awkward uh, spot right now, I think, where we're, we're so used to being liked and so used to being accepted and so used to, um, to having the ability to say true things about God without being, uh, unpopular that that's the first thing we're going to have to to rediscover is what it's like to to uh be unpopular and what it's like for people to really dislike us for the things we're saying <clears throat> so uh yeah as the comfortable church becomes uncomfortable and then once again comfortable with being unpopular i think we're going to be able to speak truth into the culture again and uh yeah, I don't know. It's like, yeah, before 2020, I, I would I would never talk like this. I would be like uh, much more what you would say optimistic about the future. And I am optimistic. It's just I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm learning a more biblical view of optimism. I like that phrase. Biblical view. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate that. And obviously, these are, are not, you know, these are pretty broad questions yeah. and it's just my opinion 
Yeah, and and there's a lot of complicating factors, and uh, but the, I definitely appreciate that a lot. And um, I'm of the opinion that kind of what you're, what you're saying with American society, I think that a generation ago or a couple of generations ago, I think there were people in churches who weren't really believers, but it was just more part of the culture and more accepted, expected in certain circles. And I think yeah, the change is that it's just become more socially acceptable for people to uh, admit if they don't really believe that. So I actually sometimes wonder, you know, obviously this is something only God knows. I do sometimes wonder if, if there's actually so many fewer Christians in America now than in another generation or a couple of generations, because so many Christians in America are ultimately nominal Christians who, um, you know, are cultural Christians. Right. And that's something that only God knows the answer to, but. Well, I think, I, I think it's pretty clear. I, I don't know. I, I think we can claim to know a little more than sometimes we uh, were allowed to by other Christians. Uh, I think it's obvious that, um, that, you know, the, the culture at large, at least the popular voice, which is, you know, we could get into to like political things, but uh, I think that if this election showed us anything, um, it's that, you know, let's say everything is above the board, everything, which it's not, obviously, uh, but let, let's say it was, um, it would still show us that half the country um, voted for a person that the media tells us we all hate. So we're not being represented um, in the media. We're not, the, the, the voice that we're hearing whispering in our ear every day and telling us what to think doesn't actually represent the, the, the majority population. Um, so, so it's weird. We're, we're the, the, the majority of people are being lied to about what they themselves believe. Um, so I'm being told that my neighbors don't agree with me, but in reality, it seems like a lot more of them do than, uh, than I'm being told, you know, so silent, silent majority is what is, you know, what people are saying right now. <clears throat> so I think that's also true, uh, to some degree with Christianity and it's, you know, we're, it's, it's being painted like everyone is ant is in Antifa and burning down stores, but they're not really. And then they're also voting for Donald Trump when the time comes. So, uh, yeah, but, but so nominal Christianity, I think, is still a massive thing. But, you know, you have that the ebb and flow where revival happens, the Lord saves people, and then the next generation becomes nominal Christians in, in large degree. Uh, you know, that's what unless you're a Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah, that's that's mostly a joke because uh, uh, obviously uh, you, you can't regenerate your children or anything like that but um we tend to do a pretty bad job of passing our faith on to the next generation uh in recent history i don't think it's it's always been like that and under persecution i think we do a much better job but so you have that second generation of nominal christians and then by the time the third generation comes around they're they're casting off the burden of religion altogether so i think it's a natural progression we had a, a time of Christian values than a time of uh, nominal Christians that didn't really participate in Christian values, and now you have the people who want to throw off the change of their grand of their the chains of their grandparents. Uh, so you know it, it all and it all it th that 
that generation will crash and then they'll look for answers. And, uh, you know, that's where we come in because we have the answers. That's great. And that's the optimistic part. Yeah, it is optimistic. And, uh, I think there are going to be a lot of good things that aren't necessarily what we would have thought of in the past as good things that are going to come of the times that we're in. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we. I, I. I just think like my big emphasis right now is, um, it, like if as much as possible, the more Christians can just see the writing on the wall, and I. I really think there's a, there's a a weird self preservation. Um, you know, psychologically, I can't. It's it's hard to to comprehend that everything in your world that you've known is going to change but the sooner we see the writing on the wall see what's knocking on our door embrace what's happening um the sooner we can start seeing the positive in that and preparing ourselves and our children for uh you know the kind of craziness that I, that i think is coming you know yeah absolutely i appreciate that I have one last question, and this is something that you said that struck me on an episode of your podcast, Gospel Riot, where you're talking about the importance of um, unity in the church, and certainly I think in our theological circles, that can sometimes be a challenge, because these are important issues, and so we get very invested, um, but I was curious, so what do you think are some of the differences that Christians can agree on, even if they don't agree on the specific topic? And what are the lines in the scene that we need to draw that um, we cannot unite with disagreement on? Yeah, that is that I think every generation that faces difficulties has to almost re uh, rediscover that question um, because the enemies are always uh, slightly, they have different strategies and things like that. So <laughs> I went to uh a Christmas tree lighting ceremony, uh, in, you know, for my, my, uh, town last week and, you know, they plug in the tree and fireworks are going off and it was, it was really, man, I, I don't know. This is a side note, but it, it almost brought me to tears as it was happening. And I don't get emotional, uh, about stuff like that. And I don't even really care about fireworks and stuff like that, but there was something about it that it was like, man, I bet in socialist countries, um, they're not setting off a lot of fireworks to, to let the people celebrate their lives and just being human and human experience. And that's not where the money goes. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's not about a celebration of life ever. And so I was just appreciating that moment. Like, wow, you know, there's some, there is something great about sort of Americana and, and, and all that, uh, not to get all patriotic, but as I was walking through this like, you know, uh, group of people that were enjoying the ceremony, I walked by a bunch of Mormons and they were all in their, you know, short sleeve, uh, white shirts with their tie and everything. So very clearly identified as Mormons. And so, and I had this conflict in my <laughs> inside and it was like, well, I want to evangelize these guys because they're not Christians and they belong to a cult. But the other part of me, wants to be like, hey, you guys really like the Constitution, right? Like, you guys think it's an inspired document. Like, that's, that's, uh, you're kind of on my side, <laughs> you know? 
and I've never thought like that before. And, uh, you know, I obviously, uh, Christ trumps uh, anything po politically. And if, if America burns to the ground, to God's glory, praise God. And, you know, we, we don't need the kinds of freedoms that we have in this nation to, to be Christians. But um, so that's sort of the, there's, there's, there's a little bit of difficulty there. It's like, there's people who are on my side in like the broad circle of conservatism, but you know, the more narrow you get towards the gospel, you're going to have to draw more and more lines. <clears throat> so to answer your question, I think, uh, as reformed Christians who are, uh, guarding the gospel, at least theologically, um, the real line in the sand is justification by faith alone. Uh, that's what we're, we're, that's what we're really talking about. You know, are, is it, is it, uh, is Christ a sufficient savior in and of himself with no cooperation from us to, uh, to help him save us so that that line excludes Roman Catholics. It excludes obviously Mormons and Jehovah's witnesses. And, but, but then on, on our side of the line is people like, uh, Lutherans and even Arminians and, um, <clears throat> and things like that, people who believe in justification by faith alone, apart from works. And then, you know, you can, and then the, the, uh, the closed handed issues start to slowly open up. So with like Lutherans, there's some really big disagreements that we have with them. And, uh, it would be hard. It's not like in a formal setting right now, I don't think I could ever worship with a, uh, a Lutheran, at least through a full service, because once they get to the Lord's Supper, things get weird. And, you know, I don't know if I don't know if they'd even allow me to take their communion. <clears throat> so but as time goes on, uh, who knows, um, as we get more desperate and realize that, no, we actually need each other in this in this fight. And um, like that's that's probably the quote that you're referring to on, on the show. I, you know, I was saying um, we're going to have to start overlooking some of our, some of our differences. Now, I don't know which one of those differences we're going to have to overlook, but, uh, it's, it, I mean, it's definitely going to come. Like if, if you're worshiping in an underground church and all the faithful, truly faithful Christians, uh, are gathering together. Now you have a truly non-denominational church where, uh, we're just, you know, we're just happy to be together for the name of Jesus. Um, and we're not going to be able to really squabble over, um, you know, the minute details. So yeah, I, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but that that's something. I, so it's like, I spent the last decade of my life figuring out all the theological lines I draw and how I'm different than everybody else in the, <laughs> the broad church. And uh, I think now I have to balance all that out with you know, how, how important are these lines really, um, stand for truth, but how, how, how much can I still fellowship? How far does that fellowship go with, uh, other Christians who truly believe in Jesus and, um, want to fight for, for our King? Thank you so much. Again, I appreciate your perspective on these things and, um, once again, I really appreciate you taking time to, to join me and 
share that perspective. So it means a lot. And uh, I said before we were recording, but through some of your media and uh, podcasts and the Facebook group, again, I've personally learned a lot and grown a lot just from conversations over time with people. And um, so I do want to sincerely thank you for that. Yeah, man, of course. Thank you. Thanks for the encouragement. That's, that's great.